someone to be around you. Someone to sit down and pour you short But sometimes saying goodbye to familiar folks is the only way. Sometimes that's when you finally find your space. Welcome back to the Japan Distilled Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Pellegrini, recording in Tokyo, and with me in Fukuoka, Japan, is my co-host, Stephen Lyman. We're both certified shochu and awamori professionals, published authors, and without question, the thing that hooked us the most about Japanese shochu was the clear sense of place associated with each and every style. We've been exploring the wonderful world of Japanese spirits for more than a combined three decades, and we're very excited to share them with you through this podcast. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing well, Christopher. Uh, last time we tackled kuma shochu, and I've found myself drinking rice shochu preferentially ever since, so we really need to record a new episode so that I don't deplete all my stocks. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this time we're going to move on to the smallest, I guess, of the GIs awarded to Japan, and that's Iki Shochu, um, namely Iki Island, out pretty close where to where you spend all of your time. This is really a, a very special, a very, I'm going to say minute, it, it really is a tiny GI. I would love to compare the size of this GI geographically with other GIs in the world and see which one comes out as the smallest. This has to be in the running. Although I am aware that there are like specific slopes of hills that are its own GI in the in the wine world. So I don't think we'd beat them. Probably not. Yeah. Just to set context, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you really should go back and do that about Kuma Shochu, which is a rice shochu GI. And when we say GI, we mean geographical indication. Basically a uh, WTO or World Trade Organization uh, designation that protects essentially products that are made in specific regions uh, that really designate the origin, quality, reputation, and characteristics of those products. As we mentioned last time, you've got champagne, sparkling wine made in anywhere else is sparkling wine made in champagne, France, it's champagne. It really does apply to these Iki Shochu as well. This is the very specific style of Shochu made on Iki Island, and it can only be made on Iki Island. And it's technically in Nagasaki Prefecture, but it's easiest to get there from here, from Fukuoka. By jet foil, it takes an hour and five or an hour and 10 minutes, depending on which ferry terminal you're going to in Iki, which port you're going to in Iki. So really, really close. If you want to take your car, you need to take the slow ferry, uh, but that doesn't have a jet engine. So it's not quite as cool. Definitely not. So we're talking about Nagasaki Prefecture here. And the whole prefecture has about 20 distilleries, 20 shochu distilleries. But Iki Island, which is very far removed from Nagasaki City, in, you know, if, you, if you look that up on a map, Iki Island is nowhere near there. Uh, Iki Island has seven distilleries. And those distilleries, if, I, if my memory does not fail me, are Omoya, which is the smallest one, and Amanokawa, Yamanomori, Genkai, Saruko, uh, Iki no Hana, and Iki Shouchu. All right, so that's the seven distilleries together. And this is a, I wasn't joking, this is a really 
diminutive island, I think, I don't know, Stephen, how, how quick, how long would it take you to cycle across it? Yeah. So from north to south, it's about 20, 21 kilometers. And on a decent road bike, you're going to be going quite a bit over 20 kilometers an hour. So on a road bike, you could definitely do it in less than an hour from north to south uh, on that main drag right through the center of the island. Now, there might be some hills, maybe it takes you a little longer, but uh, it's not it's not particularly big. It's it's a pretty small island. Yeah, and really they don't make much shochu. I mean, they make, they definitely punch above their weight, but um, annual production is less than two thousand kiloliters a year. Um, I'm not going to hazard a, guess how many bottles that is. But they have a pretty decent history when it comes to making shochu, though, right? Oh, no question. And really, their history is what got them started in all of this. Uh, Iki is situated in the Sea of Japan between uh, the Korean Peninsula and Kyushu, and it was a, a fishing region, well, a lot of fishing fishing happening, but also had a pretty rich agricultural base. They grew a lot of rice on the island, and it was not that far actually from Tsushima, which is a larger island in the in the same area that was a trading hub between uh, Korean and Japanese fishermen back when Japan was closed to trade walled off yeah this is basically black market trading that was happening on tsushima and likely at iki as well as a result of its location it's believed that distillation technology arrived relatively early through these trade routes and of course when the local fishermen and local farmers got thirsty they started distilling and because rice rice was one of their primary uh, crops that they were growing they were distilling rice but that was what you used to pay tax. And so if you were distilling your rice before it could be counted, you were essentially stealing from the government and the government didn't like that. So they cracked down and told them they couldn't make shochu out of rice anymore. And so they started making something else. Yeah, they started making, as far as we can tell, uh, barley shochu. And the... Barley shochu today is is kind of interesting because it's a it's a hat tip to both of those eras the the rice shochu era we believe it may have been an era before the government cracked down and and created extra <laughs> risks for the farmers uh and then and then also a little bit from the barley era and other grains what what we have now the ikijii the as prescribed by the WTO says that the mash bill must be essentially 33% rice koji and then 67, 66, 67% barley. So it's a rice koji barley shochu, which is really, really interesting, especially when you compare it side by side with the more common, the bigger brands of barley shochu out there. I'm talking about the Ichikos and the Nikaidos of the world, which are almost invariably vacuum distilled, meaning they're quite light and they can be a little bit fruity. There's excellent smooth sippers. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. The barley shochu, iki shochu, made on iki island is, I would argue, more complex. It's got more of a depth of flavor and aroma, thanks in large part to the rice koji that's added at the, in the first fermentation cycle. It's a really interesting, very remote style of barley shochu. Yep. It, the, the rice definitely adds a layer 
uh, to these distillates that that is absent from a 100% barley shochu. And as Christopher said, those can be delicious in their own right, but this Iki style is is very specific to that region. You do occasionally find barley shochus that are made with a rice koji fermentation, but it's quite rare. It's yeah. much, much more common uh, to use barley for the entire mash bill. That's, yeah, that's definitely true. That's what makes these Iki shochus so unique. And as Christopher alluded to, they're not 90 to 95% devoted to vacuum distillation. Uh, there is a lot of atmospheric distillation and a lot of blending of atmospheric and vacuum uh, distillates that happens on the island. And even though there's only seven distilleries, there are lots and lots of brands that, that come out of these places. So they really do uh, punch above their weight. Here in Fukuoka, we actually have an izakaya that's an iki izakaya. And it turns out it's owned by Ikinokura, by that distillery. So they serve all of their products including some things that are pretty hard to find outside of Iki Island. And the Izakai is actually run by the brother of the Toji. Mm. Yeah. I guess he didn't really want to stick with the family business. So he's like, yeah, set me up with a, set me up with an Izakai in, in Fukuoka. I'll, I'll go live there. And he does, he does a good job. Great food, a uh, really friendly, friendly guy. And always happy to talk Iki Shochu with anybody that's in there to, to learn about it. So sure. highly recommended. Yeah. It's called uh, Iki no Shima is the name of the Izakai. I'll put a put a link in the show notes. Probably the the most well-known brand. Oh, I should walk this back maybe, but I'm not going to. At least in Nagasaki proper, it's a, it's at it's in basically every izakaya and bar in Nagasaki uh city. And it's called uh Iki Super Gold. And it's a lightly barrel aged only only 22% ABV actually barley shochu that has pretty wide coverage uh, across the prefecture, as far as I can tell. Um, you don't see it too much up here. Yeah, here in Fukuoka as well. That's uh, if they're going to have a barley shochu that's not Ichigo or Nikaido on a menu in here in Fukuoka City, it will be Iki Gold. It's quite common uh, in this area. And pretty nice. Uh, 22% is a, is a curveball that almost never happens. I can't think of any other shochu brands that are bottled at 22, at least here in Japan. Neither can I. Yeah, that's an odd level. But I don't know. They just decided that that's how it works best. It's really nice on the rocks. Very nice Mizuwari. I don't recommend it necessarily, Oyuwari, but it's, it tends to be pretty easy to get a hold of when you're down in the northeastern regions of Kyushu. Any other Ikijochu examples that you want to shout out? Sure. So I think... Um maybe for folks back in the States, and I believe this is available in Europe as well, the Yamano Mori is the main brand from the Yamano Mori distillery, and that is an atmospheric distilled barley shochu from Iki. It's grain, it's dairy, it's rich, it's buttery, it's great oyuwabi. I would frequently frequently drink that uh, in the winter in New York, uh, oyuwabi, when I was uh, hankering for some barley shochu. So highly recommend uh, Yamano Mori for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, it, I, I agree. I use that all the time at events here in Japan when I'm doing tastings. Another one that I use quite frequently, of course, and we both love this one is Chingu, which is made by the smallest distillery, as I said before, Omoya Shuzol. The brothers that run that distillery, they now have a, a basically a sister uh, sake brewery as well that they've revived. And the two brothers, one each mans those two operations. And 
really lovely guys. I wish they would come to Tokyo more often, uh, but it's just a little too far. You get that ferry ride, jet foil ride, and then you got a flight. And I guess it's just not, not quite that easy to make it. But uh, Chingu is good. Chingu is uh, very highly sought after. You don't see it very often. If you can get it, definitely, definitely buy it. Yeah, it's, and they make uh, two expressions at least, right? They have a vacuum and an atmospheric. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And they also have a summer. Yep. Okay, that's right. Yeah, they did release a summer a couple of years ago. And the name is kind of fun, right? It's it's written in hiragana as chingu. And my understanding is that it's like local dialect, like maybe borrowed from Korean. It's or definitely like, borrowed from Korean. The word for yeah. friend in Korean is chingu. Yeah, but I guess what it means in the local dialect is a bad friend or a friend that will get you in trouble. <laughs> that's so if you drink a little too much uh, chingu and, and you'll, you'll get in trouble. So it's a fun, fun name. Well, that's interesting. The, the most popular vi- uh, movie while I lived, when I lived in, in Korea 20 years ago was indeed called chingu. And it was a, about a, a troop of uh, high school friends, all guys who were always getting into trouble together. And they were like, they were, they were ragamuffins. And it was like, it was all the rage when I lived in Korea. So it's, it's very similar to that meaning. Nice. I hadn't heard of that movie. I might have to go look for that. Um, I guess the other Iki Shochu that comes to mind is Nadeshko. Okay. Which I don't think is particularly popular in Japan, but it is, uh, it's from Iki no Kura and it is uh, made with Nadeshko yeast. So yeast from uh, a specific flower. Uh, here in Japan. And it's actually the nickname for the Japanese soccer team. The, the women's international soccer team is called Nadeshko. And uh, so during the Women's World Cup a few few years ago, uh, we were drinking a lot of Nadeshko watching Nadeshko. It was, uh, gotcha. it was a fun time. And it's it's got all of the bright floral. It's vacuum distilled. It has all of the floral uh, bright notes that you'd expect from a vacuum distilled shochu made with a very aromatic yeast. Yeah. So great, great with soda. Uh, almost the polar opposite of Yamano Mori, I'd say, uh, mm. but a lovely drink in its own right. And I think it was 20% alcohol. Uh, may be wrong about that, but it, oh, it was okay. easy, easy drinking. Really, really nice, nice shochu. Anything else you got on, on your end with brands? That, that basically does it for me. Uh, I, don't, I just was curious, are you drinking anything? Yeah, actually I, uh, Knowing that we were going to record this episode, I went out and got a bottle of Yamano Mori. Hadn't had it since I moved to Japan, actually. Uh, so it's nice to nice to have that uh, back in the fold, be able to enjoy it. I'm not drinking it Oyuwadi. It's a little bit too warm uh, in Fukuoka in July, but uh, it's it's not bad on the rocks either. So how about you? You sipping on something? Yeah, I'm still, you know, I've had this bottle that I think I talked about a long time ago on a Show Tuesday episode of the Chingu Summer Expression. And I still haven't killed it. It's a Isho bean, so it's 1.8 liters. And I'm taking another little bit out of it today. Um, but yeah, I got a lot more work to do. And the, the problem is that it's not really good with hot water. So I have to, <laughs> I have to uh, step out of my comfort zone a little bit. And, and you're right, it is hot. So I guess it, it's apt. But uh, I'm not going to drink a whole lot of it that way. Sure. Rocks or soda probably with that one, right? Definitely. Yep. Definitely yeah. soda. Yeah. yeah, I guess, you know, something we kind of skipped over as we were uh, going through the Iki Shochu is Iki itself. I mean, we talked about it being a small island, but um, they're 
where they're situated in the in the sea of japan in between korea and, and japan proper it, there's all of these currents that run through and there's pretty fantastic seafood uh in iki and it's it's what they're known for primarily uh you can go to a like a lunch spot and you can get an an uni don and mm-hmm. don refers to a bowl of rice bowl right and this will have like i would say half pound of sea urchin on top mm. and and it's cheap because it's just like it, it's the local sea urchin just comes out i mean cheap relative to what it would cost for that in tokyo and fukuoka or other parts I'm of, sure, of yeah. the world you know it still might cost put you back 15 20 in iki but that that would be a 40 dollar bowl in in fukuoka and who knows what that would cost in tokyo right yeah no uh just a, a mound of sea urchin on top they also have amazing squid and uh shrimp no, you're not a big fan of, of, of those little critters, but, uh, and then some local fish as well. So it's definitely worth that. And then they also do have a little bit of Iki beef, right? So they have their own. Oh yeah. Uh, Wagyu. Uh, they do. So yeah, definitely a great, great place to eat. There are a few, uh, ryokan on the Island. So the Japanese inns, uh, so you can go and stay, have a nice meal, wander around to local izakaya that sort of thing so it's a it's a nice little place to get out to it's not hard to get to from fukuoka so if you have an opportunity yeah yeah and it's not particularly mountainous either it's a relatively flat island so you know bicycle uh rollerblades craig if you're listening um you know (laughs) i wouldn't recommend a skateboard because i can imagine that the roads are a little um a little weathered but you know it's it's a destination for people who like to fish and people who like ocean sports so if you don't mind the slight risk of having your jet foil canceled because of inclement weather or really rough seas, then it, it should be a, a two or three day stop on your itinerary at one of these points when you're down in Kyushu. It's an absolutely lovely place. And, and you know, only seven distilleries, only seven places are making this style. So you got to go there and try it. If you stayed three nights, you could hit them all. Right? Yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I got to four in two days. So. I think, I mean, if for people who are visiting or even people living in other parts of Japan, it's, it's really take the morning jet foil over, hit a couple of distilleries, check into your hotel, have a nice evening, hit a couple more distilleries, evening jet foil back to Fukuoka. So it's a one day trip, right? Yeah, no, it really is. It's doable for sure. So I need to get back. I, I really need to. I've only been once and I'm embarrassed to say that, but I need to get back to Iki. It's so close. Yeah. What am I doing? What are you doing, man? It's right there. You could probably see it from, <laughs> from you know, your old place anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. I think I, think, uh, I need to make that trip. I'm going to take my Brompton out there. I'll ride, ride the island a little bit. That'll be fun. Yeah. I got two Bromptons, Christopher, if you want to come with me. You have a rope too, so you can pull me? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy Iki, man. Cool. I will. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Uh, and I guess that's it. We're done with this episode, huh? I think so. Probably yeah. Good. Yeah. That was okay. It's, it's a short one, but I think it's a good one. It's get, it gets some uh, important info out there about Iki and Iki Shochu. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. Just wanted to remind everyone of our new Patreon page where you can support the show. We've already put up a bonus episode combining the three days in the life of a shochu distillery episodes into a single episode so you can listen all at once. 
And that's only the beginning of what we're going to be offering to our patrons. We have much, much more planned and our patrons will be the first to know. So please visit patreon.com slash Japan Distilled for more information. Also, if you haven't already, then please consider rating and reviewing the Japan Distilled podcast wherever you consume your podcast content. It really helps others to find the show and it also makes us feel good because we know that we're actually reaching people. And of course, don't hesitate to reach out to us directly. We love the conversation. We love to engage in dialogue and we love to help. So you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Go with Chris Pellegrini on Twitter and at Christopher Pellegrini on Instagram. And for me, you can reach me at Japan Distilled on both Twitter and Instagram. I run those accounts, so that's the easiest way to reach me. Also, check out our website, japandistilled.com, for the show notes on this and every episode. And finally, please consider tuning in to our Japan Distilled Show Tuesday every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Wednesday here in Japan. Kanpai. Kanpai. Kanpai.